We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so let's uh this is um let's go here, Vince. From Caleb Collins, though thought I'm guessing this will be thoughts on the lacrosse championship and how far will the special teams fall off compared to last year? So Vince, I so here here's the extent of my uh, lacrosse watching in my life. <laughs> I have watched highlights of Notre Dame football recruits play lacrosse, so like not a full game. And the lacrosse team that I, for the school I went to, Salisbury State, they were a great lacrosse program back then. And I went to a couple games, but it was because mm. some hot girls that I was trying to talk to were there and I spent all time talking to them. That's fair. So it wasn't really to watch the lacrosse game. And part of the reason I didn't like lacrosse is because the guys that played lacrosse at Salisbury were giant D bags, if I'm just going to be honest with you. Dude. And so, um, and where I where I'm from, there wasn't really lacrosse growing up in Ohio. I'd never heard of lacrosse. There was lacrosse in Virginia when I moved to Virginia, but it was like the really rich preppy schools had it. The private schools had it. I was a public school kid for two years. And then when I went to private school, the private school I went to was like the sports private school. You know what I mean? Like our classrooms were in portables, but yet we had two basketball players assigned with NC State. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and I I come home from practice one day in high school at Kempsville and the AD sitting on my couch, you know, talking to my parents, right? You get what I'm saying? So uh-huh. it wasn't exactly known for like being a wealthy school. And that's much better now. It's a much better school now. I mean, my my nieces and nephew go there now and they have real classrooms and it's a much better school now, but <laughs> uh, still don't have lacrosse. And so it just was never on my radar. I watched some of the semifinal game between Penn State and Duke. And then I watched the Notre Dame game against Virginia and was like, this is a freaking entertaining sport, man. Like this is a, I, I never, I guess I never realized how, like I knew lacrosse was a physical sport, right? I've talked about this in the past where like Nolan Ziegler and there's banging around, you got to wear pads. I didn't realize how physical it was at the high level, like what we saw in these two Notre Dame games. I mean, it is, I mean, dudes were getting drilled. I'm like, is that like legal? I'm like, no penalties being called. 
And then the, the, the more you watch it, the skill that they have to have, the hand-eye coordination to be able to, to catch and keep and throw those things is really impressive. And so um, to me, that's a big part of it is I was impressed with the skill that they had and the physicality they had. And I really enjoyed these two games. I mean, I, I had the DVR yesterday's game. I watched the third and the fourth quarter before I dr- hit the road to come back to Indiana because it was in Ohio. Ah, man, I is a there's a and you can see there's some. I don't know what the strategy is because I don't understand the game, but you can see that there's things going on that are clearly strategic on how they're going at it. I didn't quite sure. know what that was, but you know, you can see when someone like I can run. I can see when basketball teams are running sets. I don't know what the sets are. I can't explain them or teach them, but I know they're running sets and things. So I was really impressed with it. I it, I was far more entertained with the sport than I thought I was going to be. Like to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to probably go to a couple of cross games next year. Like take Ange to a couple of cross games next year. Like I was very entertained by it. Like and I'm like talking to my nephew. I'm like, Zachary, you need to you need to look at him playing lacrosse. Oh, right, they don't have lacrosse there. Never mind. It's still at the rich preppy schools in Virginia Beach. Still apparently, uh, but. Um, I was entertained by it, man. And of course, Notre Dame won, but not even just Notre Dame winning, but I was genuinely entertained by watching the lacrosse game. And I never thought I would say that ever. So thoughts, Vince, did you get a chance to watch any of it? I, I watched the entire game, um, mainly because there was literally nothing else on TV yesterday afternoon uh, uh, because it was a Monday afternoon. So it was like either that or Dr. Phil or, you know, something like that. So I, I watched the game. I was rooting for Notre Dame because I'm I am a Notre Dame fan through and through, and I will even root for the lacrosse team to win. I share a lot of the same thoughts as you do about lacrosse players. Um, <laughs> I'll just say that um, it comes. That from, was when I was their age. They that was a long time oh, ago. I still know? hold that thought as a 42 year old man okay. uh, because I deal with those kids all the time in the summer. And oh, okay. they are still that way. So gotcha. they they are called lax bros uh, okay. for a reason. So, You're talking about high school kids that are at the camps, correct? Correct. Okay. And those high school kids eventually turn into college kids. But yeah, sure. same same difference. My but anyways, is, you're not necessarily saying the Notre Dame kids because you don't. No, I'm not. Those, I right? am not. That's I have I'm never saying. met any of the Notre Dame kids. The coaches, yes. The trainers, yes. The players, no. So. I just, I don't know. I just don't, it doesn't do it for me. Lacrosse doesn't do it for me. I watched the whole, the entire game start to finish. I learned actually a lot about the game that I didn't know because I never cared to know. Um, And so I was actually interested in, because I I like athletics. I like to watch sports and learn about them and things like that. So I learned a lot and I was actually interested to learn it. If Notre Dame is not involved, I will never watch a lacrosse game again. I just, it just doesn't do anything for me. I don't know that I'll watch anyone other than Notre Dame. But I'm going to watch Notre Dame. Okay. Right? Like, I'm That's not going to be like, hey, did you see the Johns Hopkins, uh, <laughs> you know, Duke game? Oh, fin- no, I'm not going to be doing that. But, like, I'll be watching Notre Dame now. You know I what you. I mean? Because no, I, I like it. excellence, but I, I like the sure. physicality of the game. Sure. I like the strategy. Like, you could tell their strategy and the skill. Like, the, the goal that the kid hit from, like, midfield – yeah, go up six one. I'm like, that's insane. Like, that's skill. How do you get that ball out of that thing and then to that? You know, and it's just like, I was like, okay, was these skill. guys are athletes. Yeah, these are definitely at good at like really good athletes. And so, um, not ju- and the skill that it takes to play that sport is is tremendous. I mean, yep, like it was fun to watch. Now, am I going to be 
you know, hey, Vince, does Penn have a high school team? I really want to come watch Penn's lacrosse. They do. No, that will not they be. Do. I was, I don't care. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm not going to be catching like the Johns Hopkins, you know, whoever <laughs> games. And I know Johns Hopkins is good because I had a kid. Um, they are good. A kid yeah. that I recruited from Woodbury Forest was also a really good lacrosse player. And that was one of the angles of Johns Hopkins was pitching to him, to, to which is why they beat me for him was one of them was the, you know, you could come here and play Division One lacrosse as well. So we, I have respect for the skill that it takes. Yeah, no doubt about that. As I do for a lot of things done at a high level, right? I have yeah. a lot of lot of that, and I and I like the storyline between the brothers and the there was a there was a brother pair that one's on Notre Dame and one was at Duke, and then you got the Kavanaugh mm-hmm. brothers and the whole like I I was all on board yeah. with all of that, and I I was excited when Notre Dame won. I was I was happy for him and. Uh, you know, the head coach hadn't won in 35 years, never won a national championship. And that's awesome because lacrosse mm-hmm. at Notre Dame in 1989 was basically a club sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like built it that's into a national Corrigan championship got hired? program. That's yeah. when Corrigan got hired? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's impressive. So, I mean, built it it's into impressive. a national championship program. That's awesome. Congratulations yeah. to him, no matter yeah. what the sport is. you know. I enjoyed the game a lot more than you did, apparently, because I, I really enjoyed the – watching the action sure again i'm only going to watch notre dame just like i only watch Fair notre enough. dame softball and notre dame baseball and you know things like that but i really enjoyed i very much enjoyed it we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A question that we somebody had, Vince, Jeff Fluke said, um, do you think Notre Dame football team should have a bagpipe entrance like lacrosse team? No. That was cool. I don't. I, that was cool, though. It was very cool. That was it, cool. That's but their thing. Yes, That's exactly. their thing. Right. You know, you're Notre Dame football. You shouldn't be, you know, stealing what other people do. Now, do I think there's some cool things that Notre Dame could do coming answer? Sure. Absolutely. But, like, that, let them have that. Let them have that moment. Because you know what will happen if Notre Dame starts doing that. Like, look at this really cool entrance to Notre Dame's football team. Like, dude, they got that from the right. cross team. No, I don't want to see that. I want to see them figure out their own cool thing to come out to. And I would like yeah. to see them do something cooler to come out to it. I just don't want them to rip off. Now, if you want to like Agreed. maybe for a game this year, have what would be cool is like have two of the lacrosse kids leading you out for a game and you're going to honor their championship right. and have them do that. Let them rock their own lacrosse. That'd be cool, but that you yeah. do it once. That's and it. Nah, it's, it's not football's thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and you do it to where you're honoring the lacrosse championship team at maybe your home opener or something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. 
that'd be cool. But um, yeah, I still I still want the uh, the band to be playing for you when you come out of Notre Dame games, sure. not bagpipes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a lacrosse thing. Let them have that. That's Absolutely. really awesome for how they do it. But as I what I noticed just is the in, the entering the stadium is a little different deal for lacrosse than it is football. Sure. You know what I mean? So uh, it's not something I would replicate. I was surprised how many, like one of the things about strategy, which I'll never know, and, and somebody can throw it in the chat or whatever. There are a ton of kids on the sidelines yeah. for the lacrosse team. Like, holy crap. And then I started kind of paying attention to like the subbing. They sub yeah. a lot. Like there's a, you know, yeah. it's like ongoing, like kind of like hockey subs. There's one whatever. time the Notre Dame kid's running down and like all of a sudden the Duke kid comes off the side. And I'm like, wait a minute, is that allowed? I'm like, well, yeah. clearly they're letting him do it. You know, well, they passed the ball to like a kid that like literally was like one foot onto the field as he was coming on. He got the ball. Like it was like, oh, okay. I'm glad you knew he was coming on because I didn't know. Uh, so yeah, it was, it, yeah. hey, it was exciting. It's another national championship for Notre Dame. Yeah. It was awesome for those kids. They were obviously excited about it. It was really cool. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get to some more questions here, Vince. All right. From Bailey Brad, what are some things about the 23 Notre Dame team that you have faith will happen? And what are some things that you have to wait to see? Well, I think Sam Hartman's going to be good. I think the offensive line's at least going to be good. I don't know if they're going to be great. They're going to be good. I expect Og to be good. I think the... I think the front seven is going to be a lot better than people think. I actually have a decent amount of confidence in the defense this year that they're going to be better. I, the mm-hmm. question is, how good are they going to be? Just because everybody comes back. Like, look, Brian Van Gorder's number, year two defense was much better than his year one defense, and he still sucked. Right? <laughs> I mean, and and yeah. and Al Gold's a way better coach, way better coach than Brian Van Gorder was. The question is, will it be a championship defense? That was always the knock last year, Vince. Yeah, you know, so so cornerback, I expect them to be really good. Some so, some of the things I I have to wait and see the receivers. I love the talent. Need to see the production. Tight end, Absolutely. love the talent. Need Tight to see end. the health and production. Running back, love the talent. Need to see the health and production behind the starters. Those are question marks. You know, how good is the offensive line going to be? Uh, do I is what I think Jared Parker is going to do on offense? What he's actually going to do on offense? That's a question mark. We don't know the sure. answer to that. You know, will will the defensive line be good? Yeah, I expect it to be good. Will it be championship caliber? Huge question mark. Don't know the answer to that. Is Riley Mills going to be a, a, a dominate this year? Don't know the answer to that. Here's an observation that I had too, Vince, that I find fascinating. Notre, when Notre Dame has had really veteran teams, they tend to be very good, not and not just because of experience, but because they're not in school anymore, the way that they are as undergrads. Sure. Most of the starting defense just graduated. Riley Mills graduated. Javante Jean-Baptiste is a grad transfer. Howard Cross graduated. J.D. Bertrand graduated. Jack Kaiser graduated. Maris Lufau graduated. Xavier Watts graduated in three years. And he was he walked on this past weekend. And Cam Hart graduated. D.J. Brown's already graduated. Uh, Antonio Carter's a graduate player. Thomas Harper's a graduate player. That's a lot of dudes that won't be on the full 15-hour course load that undergrads are on on the defense. Never thought about that. That needs to be discussed here uh, as part of something that you look at and say, I wonder how that's going to impact this defense. Now, I know they're still in school, but grad school is a different animal than than normal school. And I'm also curious, I don't want to know, 
And if anybody in the in the chat has a has a question for me or has the answer for me, do you all know if the exam schedule for grad students is the same for undergrads? Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that. But the point that I have, Vince, is that's a lot of dudes that just got done with the hardest part of their degree program that this fall won't be having the same requirements academically sure. on yeah. defense. I think that's going to have a big impact. That's a interesting. big impact. I mean, the only front seven guy that I think that has not graduated of the starting lineup right now, because Nana graduated, so if it's him or Javante, one of those two will be a graduate. The only guy that I know of that didn't graduate is Jordan Patelho. That's it. So everybody else did. I mean, you're oh, Ramon Henderson also graduated. So literally the only two guys that are going to be on Notre Dame starting defense next year that have not graduated from college yet are Jordan Patelho and Benjamin Morrison. That's it. Wow. That's it. So that's kind of, you know, hmm. that's kind of something I'm very interested in seeing how that's going to impact the defense next year. It just kind of hit me when I was looking at the picture of Marcus Freeman, like going left or right. Is that Riley Mills? Holy crap. He graduated. He's a junior. Like he graduated. Him and Xavier Watts are 2020 signees. Like they haven't even started their senior years of college yet. And they're both walking with the grease. Like, don't tell Crazy. me Notre Dame kids aren't different. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. So I was like, okay, it's very interesting. All right. I'm curious how that's going to impact it. So, but, we don't know. That's the thing. And that leads to that second thing, Vince, is, is a wait and see is, is what exactly impact is that going to have on the Notre Dame defense next year? Right. Very yep. curious to see that. Very curious to see that. You have any thoughts on that, Vince? No, I'm with you. I, another one that, that you didn't mention, but you had mentioned the guy is Xavier Watts. Like what level is he going to be able to play at and who mm-hmm. is going to be his partner in crime? Like what is that going to look like? Because everybody has safety as a question mark. But I do not have Xavier Watts as a question mark. But how? But where is the ceiling? Like, how well mm-hmm. can he or will he play? That's a big question mark. I have a lot of confidence, but that's still a big question mark. And he can't do it by himself. Somebody needs to step up and help him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very curious how that's going to go. The history expert. Ooh, that is putting it out there. All right, is uh, is it a Notre a Dame Knights tra- Templar? There is his avatar. I know, like interesting. He's very. Yeah. Is it a Notre Dame tradition that the fastest guy in the team wears number twenty five? Rocket, Lindsey, Tyree, all could be considered the fastest player on the team at one point or another. I think Manier Prince also got number twenty five at one point in time as well, and he was considered really fast. I wouldn't call it a tradition as much as it's just kind of. Like, it's not a tradition. A tradition is like what, um, like, okay, your starting quarterback wears number three, or and it's just the way it is. Right. Or you have a number that goes to a certain player that represents something. This just tends to be something they do, and I think it's as much as a sort of a PR thing as it is anything hmm. uh, that they've done. It's kind of, it, in some ways, it's, it's kind of a tradition, but not really. Yeah, you know and it mean? wasn't. There was a long time between Rocket and the guy, other guys mentioned here. Like there was, yeah, a but 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 we did see like time. after Rocket left, Randy Kinder wore twenty five, and he was considered okay. really fast. You know, as I said, we saw like Minier Prince under Charlie Weiss wore number twenty five, and remember he was the whoosh guy that Charlie talked about. Remember that? 
That's right. So, yeah. I mean, we've seen it, but I don't know that it's something that I would call a tradition per se. Um, yeah. And then a lot yeah, of those guys have changed. I mean, the, of the two guys you mentioned on the current team, they both changed their number. Yeah. They changed Lindsay went to zero and Tyree yeah. went to two. Right. They've changed so away they, from that. Yeah. They went away from that. So. All right. Uh, Leighton Burkholder asks, uh, I know you posted an article about Devin Ford, but are you going to do a breakdown of him on the podcast? Or are you going to talk about him in the running back season preview? We'll obviously talk about him in the season preview. I'm not going to do a podcast of him only. Right. Just because he's a, you know, he's a, he's a quality depth player who has rushed for less than hundred yards the last two years. So I don't know if that's worthy of a entire podcast, but I think it's an important pickup and we'll certainly have more to say about it when we do the running back preview. Certainly will. Yes, absolutely. Here's an Wrong. interesting one, Vince. We are not Marshall to get to 10 plus wins. What type of season does Sam Hartman need to have statistically? I don't know if I, I mean, because he he could have a great statistical season, Vince, and it not and be not an impressive right. season. I didn't think Ian Book was very good in 2019. I, I've said this a million times. I didn't think they Ian. Ian well, no, not in 2019. No, not in 19. Sorry. Yeah, in 2019, which was his best statistical season, I didn't think he was very good. He threw for 3,034 yards. He threw for 34 touchdowns and six picks. But I didn't think he was very good. And yeah. he rushed for four times. He had thir- counted for 38 touchdowns, and he also rushed for 500 yards. I think he was very good. I thought he padded his stats against bad teams. Right. You know, threw for 360 against New Mexico, threw for 336 against Virginia Tech. Vast majority of that came on that last drive. You know, um, threw for five touchdowns against Bowling Green, threw for five touchdowns against Navy. That was a decent team. Threw for four touchdowns against Stanford. They sucked. Threw for four touchdowns against Duke. They sucked. You know, it's a, it's a lot of stat padding in that season. And so I don't know that I would say he was overly impactful that year. Yeah. I think of all his seasons, that was probably his least effective season, I would argue. He was better in 18, and I think he was at least more consistent and steady in 2020 than he was in 2019. To me, it's just about – look, they're going to beat the Marshalls with Sam Hartman, at quarterback. They're going to beat the Stanfords. The question, Vince, to me is – can Sam Hartman play well enough to beat Ohio State, Clemson, and USC, and then avoid the trap game, uh, you know, against a Duke and and not turn a ball over against NC State this year like he did last year? Those are the questions that I have. Sure, but it's not even about statistics. He could throw for two hundred and forty yards against NC State, but if it's really clutch, he's twenty of twenty nine and he's you know six of seven on third down and they run the ball effectively, and the defense makes stops, Sam Hart, this is the whole point we talked about earlier. This season's success is not dependent on Sam Hartman throwing for X number of yards or X number of touchdowns. It's about be impactful in what you do. He could be impactful in the first half, Vince, and go five of seven for 120 yards, but hit two bombs and – it's like Brandon Wimbush was impactful throwing the ball against USC in 2017. But do you remember what he ended up going the, for that game? Do you remember? Do you remember that stat line that no. Brandon had that game? He went nine of he went nine of nineteen for 120 yards, but it was impactful. Why? Because he threw his two touchdown passes in the first quarter on two on back to back drives, and USC was geared towards stopping the run. 
He throws the ball over their head twice, once on a post route, once on a back shoulder go route for a touchdown. And USC was like, now what do we do? Because mm-hmm. we tried to stop the run and now they're, and so then they had to balance out. And then all of a sudden the run game takes over. He was right. impactful in that game. Sam Harmer could have a start, something like that. Now he'll be better than nine of 20, nine of 19 for 120 yards, right? But maybe it's, 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 he only throws for 250 yards. Well, 250 yards a game is not going to have you, you know, with Heisman Trophy caliber statistics, right? I mean, sure. it's, just, it's just not. You're right around 3,000 yards and all that. It's can you play well in the big games? I care more about that. I don't care about padding a bunch of stats and throwing for 500 yards against Central Michigan as much as I care about. Did you throw for what you needed to do? Did you make the plays you needed to make against Ohio State? Having said that, I'm going to try to give respect to the question uh, directly to to answer the question and say that if if Sam Hartman throws for at least 3,700 yards and and at least accounts for a, at least 35 to 40 touchdowns, total touchdowns, Notre Dame, to me, is going to be a playoff team unless he does the stat padding. I mean, I, I would think there'd be a level of consistency there. To be a minimum 10-win team, I and if he throws for 3,200 yards and 28 touchdowns, Vince, that's a that's a 10-win season to me. I don't think he needs to light the world on fire for them to be a 10-win right. team. To go no, beyond 10 wins, yeah, he's going to have to probably yeah. probably produce a little bit more. But it's it, – because we've been in this dance before, Vince. We've seen years where the statistics at the end of the year looked good, but the play in big games was subpar. That's what I exactly. care more about. Right. That's absolutely. what I care more about. Yeah. To me, just to answer the question, when I first read the question in my head, I was thinking 3,500 and 35 total touchdowns. Like yeah. that, that's those are the numbers that came to my head for 10 wins. I think you're almost guaranteed to have that with those numbers. But the win total could be anywhere with those numbers. That's the thing. It's like, so many variables to that. So many variables. And it's it's not going to be because I honestly don't. I don't think his stats are going to be out of this world this year. Mm-hmm. I just don't. But I also think that the team is going to be successful. I think he's going to score. He's going to put stats up when he needs to. When the game's on the line, I have a lot of faith in Sam Hartman. But I don't think he's going to be out of this world statistically. Like I'm not predicting that he's going to break the single season record from Brady Quinn. You know what I mean? But I don't think he needs to because he's right. going to have a really good running game as well. If he does, Vince, if this he team's does, be hard to beat. Exactly. That then that's the other piece of it, right? Like yeah. if he does break all these records and if he does have the statistical season that some people think he's going to have, then the sky's the limit for this team. Yeah. I just don't want to let my mind go there. <laughs> yeah. I'll be that it, I'll um, be that fan. Man, that yeah, oh boy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let me not think about See, it. Let me exactly. not think about it. You don't want to Real quick one over. from the worst 2K big man HD MB. Uh, is the is the Navy game on NBC? Yes, Navy game is on NBC and Peacock. Yep. Every other home game that they have is on NBC and, and Peacock, except for one that's Central Michigan. That's the Peacock only game this year. Right. Is the one on Central right. Michigan. Yep. So just Nailed to it. just to answer that one. Nathan Milton says, what is the single most valuable quality of Sam Hartman? I think it's his ability to go through reads. So hmm. that would be his, I mean, that's my, that's like a mental quality. Um, I think, yes, I agree. I mean, that's a big one, obviously. And I think as a jaded Notre Dame fan, I would say it is his willingness to stretch the field is what I'll say. Yeah. 
I think it's that. I mean, I think Jack Cohn was brilliant at going through his reads. Mm-hmm. Excellent. But at the end of the day, he just couldn't get the ball down the field enough to beat the better teams in the schedule. And he couldn't make sure. enough plays with his legs. I, I think the most valuable quality he has relative to what is, is more about, I think Vince, you answered it. It's not so much what his best trait is, but what is the trait that he brings that Notre Dame has lacked the most. Right. And you nailed it with the Billy Thoda ball. It's a very, I, I agree with you on that, Vince. I agree with you. Ray Holcraft, how many reps does the second team quarterback get during the week? And what does a typical preparation look like for the backup quarterback? What work is expected from them during the summer? That's a good question. Everybody always says it's 60-40. It ends up being closer to like 65-70-30, especially yeah. like in the bigger game, the weeks of the right. bigger games. But, you know, 60-40, 70-30, some range in there as far as the number of reps they'll get in seven-on-seven. Because you'll script it all. Hey, we're going to be in team for 15 minutes. These are the plays we want to get right. through. You know, Sam, you get the first 10. So-and-so, you get the next five. You know, something like that. You break it up like that. You'll get more in the summer and fall camp. As you get closer and closer to the season, the starter takes more and more of the reps uh, is, is pretty much how it works. What is expected during the summer? Continue getting your body in sh- the best shape it can be, yeah. but get in the film room, watch a ton of film, and get out there and throw a million balls. Not literally. It's a figurative statement. But throw a ton of balls. Uh, get really on the same page with the receivers and learn as much as you can from Sam Hartman. That's mm-hmm. going to be the expectation of the young receivers to me or the young yeah. quarterbacks to me. That's going to be yep. the expectation that I have for them. And every team does Absolutely. it different as far as how they break it up um, and how they deal with summer and all of that. But summer is where they're going to get their most reps and their most work. And that's where they've got mm-hmm. to grow the most. No doubt. Yep. Agree. Very much agree. All right. Let's get to uh, this one here real quick. Jay Henry, which offensive freshman, not just Notre Dame, has the best chance of making an All-America team? Wow, that is a broad question. Not just Notre Dame. Which offensive freshman, not just Notre Dame? That I mean, I think Cardinal Tate's going to have a chance to be maybe a freshman All-American at Ohio State. I, wow. I don't know if he's going to quite get enough touches, but I think he's going to play a lot. I'd have to – Jay, that's a good one. I'm going to have to think about that. Let me write that down because that would be a really good CFB Nation show. Um, freshman All-American. That's a really good CFP Nation show. By the way, Vince, I thought of a lot of the topics for some of the CFP Nation stuff we're going to do this uh, summer. Nice. That'll be fun. Be fun for us to do. And I ordered two Lindy's. They should be delivered today or tomorrow. So Beautiful. when it comes, I'll you know, you come by and pick it up. Beautiful. So that way we'll have our have your some of your prep stuff for that. So Vince always likes it when I buy the magazine because it's a business expense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got last year's right here, like literally yeah, right here. That's right. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Jay, I, I'd have to think about that one. I mean, I think Dante Moore is going to be the quarterback that plays the most and has the most production. I don't, I don't think they're going to go very long with Dante not being the starting quarterback there. I, re, I really yeah. don't. I really don't. Um, hey, don't sleep on. Ju- you know, look, I wasn't super high on Justice Haynes. I didn't watch a senior film um a, a ton. I'm going to watch that soon because I'm working on finishing up my top hundred list for the that class. And um, he had a he looked really good in the spring game, and I heard he had a really good spring for Alabama. He could be a guy that could could be there. As far as Notre Dame guys, I mean, look, don't kid yourself. Jaden Greathouse could end up being that guy. I mean, he could certainly could. I Given think of, uh, Rico Flores could be that guy. I mean, one of the two freshman receivers. 
Fred, Jeremiah Love could be that guy. Look, they're an injury away at running back from Jeremiah Love getting a ton of touches, and I think he would do some fun things with it. I think he – like, would it shock you if Jeremiah Love had a freshman season compared comparable to Josh Adams if if there's some injuries at running back? Heck no. If he no. gets it. It's, and that's going to be the thing. It's going to be Not can he get the touches, the opportunity, right. exactly. Right. And then Jagasaw would be one. I'm not predicting it, but I could see him playing a bunch as a freshman, especially if there's an injury. Yeah. I could see him playing a bunch of like Joe Walt was a freshman All American, but that's only because Blake Fisher got hurt. Otherwise, Blake Fisher would have been the freshman All American that year. True. Yeah. So there's also that, Jay, that factors into it as well. But Jay, that's a good question. I wrote that down. I'm going to put some thought into that because I, I think that'll be that'll be a good one. Vince, do you got time for one more? Of course. Yeah. Because there's one about Michigan. I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard this or not. I've had a lot of people ask me about this, and I don't know where this is coming from. But here's one from Eric Santini. He says, uh, what's y'all's opinion on Michigan having over 100 kids on the roster and projected to sign a class of over 30 with transfers not being on scholarship and all have boosters pay for their school? Now, I've, I've heard this before. I, I don't think that's a real thing. I've heard that people have said that's a thing on like some of the 247 boards. I don't know if it's like the Michigan board, the Notre Dame board, the national board. I have no clue. Uh, I don't go over there. But that can't be po- – I mean, like – they if if that's true that's then it's going to be very similar to where Notre Dame is with over 100 kids on on their on their roster too because they have walk-ons sure exactly there's no way that's legal and here's right. the thing I, here's why I have a hard time buying it they just lost a basketball uh kid player their best basketball player Hunter Dickinson cuz he and he was whining about not getting much NIL money and I don't be they had a guy that was transferring in from North Carolina that ended up uh, going back on his commitment as a transfer, Caleb Love, uh, and I, I won't be shocked if we come to find out NIL played a role in that. So you're telling me they're not, and in, in, in there's been some complaints that they're not giving enough to players. And you're going to tell me that they're not dominating in NIL, but yet these guys, all these boosters are paying for like 20 kids to be in school there. school there. Mm. That doesn't, like, why would you be paying for your number 85 to 100 exactly. players to be on scholarship? Uh, or if they're going to sign a class over 30, it wouldn't shock me because they're going to lose guys. They have a lot of guys slated to graduate. I just don't know if I'd buy that. Yeah. I don't, I, I'd have to hear more about that, Vince. I don't know if I buy that. I, and that's, so I don't, oh, yeah, I don't I mean, have a, I don't have a lot to say about <laughs> that one because I just don't know if I buy that. I'd have to hear more specifically about who it, that we're talking about here. And yeah, I'd have to hear more about that. I'm just not sure yeah. I buy that. To be honest that, with you. And that feels like if they and if they're just so open about it, like that it's totally right. illegal. Like, like that, everybody knows about it. Like yeah, I have I have a hard time with that. And as much as I don't like Michigan, I do feel like they do a lot of things above board. Yeah. Now that's just and me. they've had there's been some things that have happened there recently that kind of make you think like they're under the watchful eye of the NCAA. Right. I mean, to be you flat know, out paying for tuition for out of state yeah. kids is nuts it's like sixty thousand dollars a year i don't know just tuition alone so that that would be a hard pill for me to swallow so i don't know that that would be accurate yeah i have a i have a i have a tough time with that one vince let's, let's go to this and we have a couple we're going to wrap up here we're going to so we can get vince to finish up here because he's got to get rolling here here's one from roger dodger there we go our resident usc fan is sam hartman better than the new starting quarterback at ohio state yes In 2023 yes he may not be statistically better because of the nature of their offense, but he's a better quarterback than Kyle McCord. And, and yes, he's a better quarterback than Kyle McCord. 
this season and probably for his career. Yeah, and that's fair. The only, there's I, I only wasn't one even team that far. I was to say, yeah, this there's year only alone. one team on Notre Dame's schedule this year who has a quarterback as good as Sam Hartman. That's it, or better, and that's USC. That's it. And that's you. Brennan yeah. Armstrong's not better than Sam Hartman, in my opinion. Riley Leonard's not better than Sam Hartman, although he's pretty good. Phil Dracovic, after all his injuries, is not better than Sam Hartman. Um, Jake Jack Plummer's definitely not better than than Sam Hartman. Kyle McCord's not better than Sam Hartman. Uh, is there a record who, for how many times a quarterback can lose to Notre Dame from a different team, like the same kid? Yeah, this has got to be a record. <laughs> if he loses, if they lose this year, three he'll have three. You're talking about Jack Plummer. He'll yes. have three straight losses to if if they beat Louisville. I mean, it's no it's no gimme. Right, if right. they beat Louisville, that'll be three straight losses to Notre Dame on three different teams because he was at Purdue in 2021, Cal last year, and if they lose to Louisville this year, they're like, dude, you're going to transfer to Navy next year so you can get your fourth loss to Notre Dame? Like, what the heck is going on? All right, here, here here's another one, Vince. That's a good help. That's funny. That's freaking All hilarious. right. <laughs> From ND Cheat Sheet, uh, have you guys heard anything about the new stadium DJ for home games? There were negative reviews with the stadium DJ last year. And I was wondering if the new guy is an upgrade or if it even matters. Didn't know they had one. Number one. I didn't either. I think uh, it just means music whoever's they've playing always the music. Playing. I mean, uh, it's always, it feels like it's yeah. the same music they were always playing uh, to me. Now we're in the press box, which is pretty soundproof. And so a lot of the music is not like, it's more like background noise. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not like listening for the music. And I know it's a lot louder when you're out in the stands. So I don't think it matters in any way, shape, or form, to be honest with you. It matters to fans. I mean, fans Correct. complain about all types of things. I don't think it has any impact on the game. So Agreed. I, I, honestly, the thought never crossed my mind to ask or or care yeah. about whether or not Notre Dame hired a new DJ. I don't. And, and not even to like be like prudish about it. Like we just, we don't hear it. We're, the press box mm. pretty soundproof. I mean, we can kind of hear it, but sometimes they open up those little windows at the top. But. Yeah. And I have the, the noise canceling headphones on too, Vince. So right. I don't hear it that right. way either. So it's just not something that's on my radar. Right. So if I was sitting in the stands, maybe I might care a little bit more about it. But. <laughs> uh, two last ones. Number one, Jason Smith is Micah Bell better than faster than Chris Tyree, the 40 and the hundred. Uh, Micah Bell is faster than Chris Tyree in the hundred or the hundred. Uh, he is, he was not faster than he is not in my opinion, probably faster than Chris Tyree in um, shorter distances. So, but uh, they're very, very comparable, very, very comparable speed wise. <clears throat> they're both extremely fast. If I had to give the edge, I'd probably, I mean, based on track times, you got to give it to Micah Bell. He's got better track times than Chris Tyree had in 100 and 200 and long jump and all that kind of stuff. And here's the last one, Vince, from Roger Dodger. The SEC is trying to decide between eight or nine conference games a season. If they stay at eight, all other conferences should change to eight immediately. A hundred percent agree on that. A hundred. If, if the, if the SEC is going to expand, and still stay at eight games, every other conference should do the exact same thing. You're going to make more money that way because your extra game is going to be almost, for more of your teams in your in your conference, it's going to be a home game, whereas if it's a conference game, it's 50-50, right? 50-50, you know, half the teams obviously are on the road, half the teams are at home. More teams are going to add a, an extra home game so you can make more money off the gate and all that other stuff, ticket sales, um, concessions parking all that stuff so yeah absolutely they should i want to see more conferences kind of pretty much calling the sec's bluff okay yeah. you're gonna only play eight games we're gonna play a game so you know what that means it means we can play you more so why don't you come up here and play us 
Right. You know what I mean? We'll schedule home and home. Sure. You right. know, hey, hey, Alabama, but, this is uh, Gene Smith. You guys want to schedule in home and home? No, why not? You know what I mean? Like, I would do much more of that. Now, LSU mm-hmm. would do it, or at least they did before. I don't know if they'll do it under Kelly. I don't know if, if they'll adopt more of what Kelly had last year. But Georgia's been a team that's been notorious for being willing to travel and play people. They played Boise when nobody else would play Boise in, in on the eastern part of the country because they saw what happened to Oregon and Washington, teams like that, to Boise back then. You know, they they played Virginia Tech. They've done that. Auburn's been a team that has a history of that. Auburn went and played Penn State at Penn State last year. You know, so uh, – but most teams don't. And so I would call their bluff, and I would go to eight games. Yeah. And why not? Why not? I absolutely do that. Vince, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that would be great. And I because I think it does promote more big ticket games, uh, you know, high mm-hmm. more highly watched games. Those are the ones, those are the ones I personally like. I mean, yes, you're gonna get some of those teams that are gonna play uh, an extra game against the Citadel or something like that. Yep, that's gonna happen. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that there's a little bit of peer pressure so that that does not happen, like you said, because I think that those games are terrible. Like, what is mm-hmm. it, the second or third to last game of the regular season? The SEC always plays like those garbage teams. Like, it's a wasted week, right? In my the FCS week, yeah, yeah agree it's with you. Horrible. That's a horrible week of football mm-hmm. for everybody else in the country because yep. the SEC has done that. Like. Yep. Ranch out a little bit. And I'm so sick of the whole, well, you know, the SEC. So, yeah, but you don't play as many games in your league as everybody right. else does. So, uh, stop complaining. Right. Stop exactly. complaining. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. just nonsense. But ESPN lets them get away with it, and they don't call yeah. them out on it. So, they're going to keep doing it. Of course not. So, Vince, that's going to do it, man. Why don't you take us out of here? All right, man. Thanks, everybody, for joining us uh, on this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Make sure you hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell and share our podcast with your friends and family i that's the best part about this job is everybody mm-hmm. tell me you know people tell me that they listen they recognize us or whatever that's fun i i really do enjoy that as um odd as it is sometimes and, and tough to get used to i love it so make sure you guys share with your family and friends because we're we're here for you and uh that that's what we do so stay tuned we've got irish um Ivy Nation Sports Talk tonight at 6 o'clock. It's going to be me it's going to be you, Steyers. right? You and Sean. Yep. Yep, there you go. It's going to be me and Sean Styers tonight at 6. We're going to take a little bit of a respite and come right back at it for 6 o'clock. And then tomorrow, are you starting your show tomorrow or is it something different? It'll be me. Yeah, just me doing the midweek rundown. It, yep. So it's going to be midweek rundown, but it's just going to be more mm. of a solo show. Gotcha. And it's going to be a little different. Like mailbags going to be different. Like we won't do a mailbag. It'll just be more, you know, if you have super chats. Yeah. But it's just solo show. There won't be mailbags afterwards. Thursday, I, I don't know if the Thursday show is going to start this week or next. Okay. But Thursday is going to be a show that Sean Styers and I are going to start doing together on Thursdays. I'm going to start trying to get more guests this summer. So we're we're nice. we're, we're ramping that fun. stuff up. And we kind of did it last week. We had Bill Bender on Tuesday last okay. week. We had we had Tim O'Malley. So part of it is because Ryan's you know out. But when Ryan's done with paternity leave. He's still not going to be back on five days a week. He, we're going to have him right. focusing on being on certain shows, but also uh, someone who will um, who will be uh, doing a lot of his, you know his recruiting stuff as well. And it was just hard for him to to do that when he's doing five shows a week. So it's we're fair. just really trying to keep it fresh, mix things up, and then of course Vince and I will be doing a lot of shows together this summer. Yeah, man, the OGs summertime, will be back. summertime, right. baby. So make sure you right. guys stay tuned. And uh, for Brian. I'm Vince, and we will talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.